You're listening to RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Derven, a podcast designed to help financial professionals remove the fear and anxiety around going independent. Let's go. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of RIA Collective. I'm your host, Charlie Van Derven. I've got a great guest today who has been through many roles in our industry um, and uh, is independent with the Securities Americas firm. Uh, Pamela Sams is joining us from Jackson Sams Wealth Strategies in Washington, D.C. metro area. First off, Pamela, thank you for taking time out of your day to be here. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much for having me, Charles. Yeah, you got it. You got a great story, Pamela. Glad that we got to know each other. And I'm glad I get to showcase you or, you know, host you in telling that story because I think you got a ton of value to bring to our listeners. Um, and today we're going to talk, you know, we'll certainly get your story and your journey. Today we're going to talk about the importance of knowing who it is that you're talking to, who you who you bring value to and who you serve as an advisor. So we'll dive into that. But Pamela, Let's talk a little bit about what drew you to uh, financial services and specifically wealth management, because I know you were kind of headed down a different track in uh, mm-hmm. in our industry before finding wealth management. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, to the listeners, really, it's it has been quite the journey. Um, I started uh, my practice in 2002, January 2002. Uh, so just over 21 years. Wow. Uh, and what brought me to actually the industry is that I do have a financial management MBA. Uh, but um, uh, an unfortunate circumstance uh, happened in my family where my dad passed away, uh, leaving my mom a widow. So I had to kind of help her navigate some of that uh, earlier on um, after my dad had passed away. And that was the uh, opportunity to use my MBA in financial management. As I shared before, uh, I had a whole different direction. I thought I was going to go uh, more investment banking, uh, you know, kind of the Wall Street and that sort of thing, because that's kind of where people really target in this industry is kind of the uh, the, uh, the illustrious or that sort of thing that you see on movies that you want to <laughs> yeah. run money all the time and, and do that sort of thing. Uh, so that was kind of where I was focused in on. And then I had uh, a family, uh, two kids back to back in graduate school. So figured that was not going to be the direction I wanted to go and then took uh, some time a sabbatical to figure out what my next best step was. And like I said, unfortunately, my dad got sick and uh, eventually passed away. And that was the opportunity to really step in and help my mom uh, with her finances. So I figured there are other women similar to my mother's situation, uh, maybe single by choice or divorced or widowed women who needed help with their finances. So that's why I hung my shingle out in January 2002, uh, originally with the Ameriprise Financial, uh, sorry, American Express Financial Advisors, now Ameriprise. I knew him back and, uh, in the day. <laughs> exactly. Some, yeah. Some and, websites for him back in the day. Yeah. And then that's where I, I kind of started uh, with um, uh, boots on the ground, just trying to uh, build my practice. Yeah. Very cool. So did you always know um, when you started with Ameriprise, of course, Ameriprise has the independent side of the business too. Mm-hmm. So you were on the captive side of Ameriprise, but Correct. was your goal always to become an independent advisor? Yes, that was always the goal. Uh, you know, the track with uh, Ameriprise was always uh, you start off kind of on the captive side um, as a um, kind of employee making draw commission. And then eventually, uh, you know, it was divided on what they call platform one or platform two. So you start off kind of platform one and you kind of graduate to platform two at some point where you're able to own your own franchise as an independent 
uh, advisor with Ameriprise. So that was always the, the track. I think it was usually they give you like three to five years, kind of um, the timeline on when you would be eligible for for platform two. But some people did it sooner. Some people did it within the time frame. Well, I, re- I remember that from when we were doing websites. We, you know, you weren't Ameriprise advisor, American Express financial exactly. advisors to us. You were P1s and P2s. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and if you were a P1, you got one website. If you're a P2, you got a different website. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So cool environment. Wonderful. I, you know, from what I know of the firms, and I haven't been on that side, right? But from the conversations I've had and the people I've talked to, what a great uh, kind of training ground. And also mm-hmm. how fortunate, how fortunate for your clients and uh, that you help and predominantly women. Um, uh, fortunate that, you know, uh, uh, a difficult time in your family's life brought you to wealth management where you're taking mm-hmm. care of so many people now. So how cool is that? Yeah, that is awesome. I enjoy what I do every day. Uh, yeah. You know, I get up every morning and get the opportunity to to change lives and really impact uh, people's future. Yeah, that's it. Now you're not a P two. You're not a P two right now. No. So I know, I know something else happened there. Why? Why did did you follow that track to uh, to P two or did you? What happened there, Pamela? Yeah, I did. I followed the track to P two and and did that that whole thing. Um, but at some point, you figure you want more objectivity, more um, yeah. uh, where you're able to run your own show, so to speak. <laughs> so then I I left that. And uh, became independent with FOIA Financial yeah. Advisors and stayed there for about uh, 10 years. And then, of course, you always get the itch and you see if there's uh, other opportunities out there. So now I'm actually uh, independent with uh, Securities America yeah. uh, Advisors. That's awesome. And so I want to point out, right, Ameriprise is not the only firm that has the P1 and P2, of course, Correct. everybody else, Wells Fargo Advisors versus Finet and, you know, Raymond mm-hmm. James has Raymond James Associates. And yes. um, so there's other firms that do that, right, that have a captive mm-hmm. and an independent side. What's interesting, and I see it with other firms, too, is that though you're an independent advisor, you're still governed largely like your captive, right? I mean, you don't have the the objectivity um maybe that uh you know that that a full independent like you're in mm-hmm. like position and you're now you're in now does so um that's interesting that's a that's always been kind of a weird little little area of the yes. ind- industry for me mm-hmm. where i work with a bunch of finite advisors but in large part they're still governed like a wells fargo advisor you know yes. and so mm-hmm. that's a that's an interesting but anyway just an observation pamela just <laughs> exactly so, um you know, we talk a little bit about the training that comes with working with the prominent firms, and that's mm-hmm. such, such a valuable things that thing that happens there. Oh yes. When you, when you went independent, like to Voya, and then you know later to Jackson Sam's um, mm-hmm. with Securities America, um, was that was that difficult to leave that kind of constrained, kind of defined environment? And oh my gosh, now I can kind of do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Was that a difficult place to be? How'd you make that transition? Um, I wouldn't say difficult, just different. <laughs> so what you w- would be used to in a structured environment, uh, like being captive, uh, all of a sudden now you're independent and you can shape it any way you would you want to. And so you get autonomy. So it gives you that um that kind of direction. Uh, but then you all start to look at it, it's like, how do I really craft it or build it um, as well? So, you know, I, I explained it to people. It's like a kid in a candy store because now you have so many options available to you. But 
then you know with kids in the candy stores like you know, eventually you'll get a sweet tooth <laughs> or or a cavity somewhere because yeah. you just start grabbing everything off the shelf and you can do that as an independent yeah. is that everybody is at your door you know I, I can offer you this or I can offer you that um and then you like you know how do I really develop kind of my uh, tech stack uh, the products and services you do want to offer um so you're you're being a little bit more um I wouldn't say exclusive, but you're you're choosing the right things that would be able to provide for your clients instead of just kind of getting everything yeah. uh, that's available to you. Because you can, you know, you can in this industry, you can just buy all kind of shiny objects <laughs> and say, oh, that sounds great. Uh, but you never use it or, you know, and so, like I said, being independent, you'll get a lot of people at your door on yeah. the different things that you can provide to your clients or, you know, introduce to your practice. But you do have to be a little bit selective in that in that point and what works for you and what also works for your clients. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I, you know, I think coming out of that environment, like an Ameriprise environment where, you know, the tools that you use are pretty well defined, um, it would be a kid in a candy store. I mean, that's an exciting moment, right? Look at all the, you know, an Ameriprise, like any other firm like that, invests in technologies as a capital investment versus, oh, yeah. you know, versus an open market that's just always, always progressing mm-hmm. and always moving. So some, some of what you get in front of you is like, wow, that's awesome. But you always have to ask yourself, is this something that's actually good for the practice of my client? Great that it can do cartwheels and you know, oh, yes. <laughs> and, and spin 360s, but is that what the practice needs and is that what the client needs? So yes, yeah. So it, take, it takes a while. It takes a while to you know evaluate those sort of things as well. And you know, I have uh, a lot of what I call client ambassadors or um kind of this advisory board that I can bounce ideas off of as well. It's like, okay, I'm thinking about this new tool, you know, would you use it? Um, do you think it would be helpful? Um, so I do, I introduce some new tools that way as well, because if I get, you know, uh, some response that, eh, that that doesn't seem that useful, or I probably won't use it too much, yeah. then you don't want to spend your wills or spend your money on it either if you don't have your clients that will be engaged with that. Yeah, got to keep budgets in mind. All right. So yeah. usually, Pamela, I ask a few questions at the end of our interviews, and I'm going to ask <laughs> them in a different order today, okay? Usually I ask, okay. <laughs> I usually ask and this is going to be my second question, mm-hmm. I usually ask, you know, what'd you do well in that transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask this in reverse. The okay. second question, which is the first today, is when you look back on the transitions you've made from Ameriprise to Voya, now with Jackson Sam's, um, is there anything that you think you might have done a little bit differently? Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have um, hired a lot quicker. Because uh, sometimes you can wear a lot of different hats as mm-hmm. a, you know, when you're mostly captive with some of the larger um, firms, you know, like I was with Ameriprise, you do have uh, kind of a team around you sure. uh, when you hop out. It's kind of really hard because now it's just you and then you have to figure out staffing and you, do you want to wear all the hats? So that's what I would have done differently was hire uh, probably a lot sooner. Instead of wearing the hats for for a few years and then trying to figure everything out, because that eventually stunts your growth as well. Yeah, is that you know a lot of times people will figure, oh, I can't afford to hire anybody, but then you can't afford not to really, because then you will hit a what I call bandwidth at some point that you're not able to wear all hats and then be efficient as well. Um, So that's one thing I would have would have done a little bit. It was higher, higher quicker. Yeah, any advisor I've ever worked with has always had to right size. And mm-hmm. and that can mean a bunch of different things, right? It might be 
you know, uh, moving on from some, some clients that you can't service or they're too right. small for you to give the attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, that can mean expanding your team with a junior advisor to take those mm-hmm. smaller clients, uh, you know, a client, a client associate. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not the, you know, you're not the only one to make that mention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so that's a, that's a recurring theme as you try to do it all. Now you got, you know, you mentioned you had two kids when you were going for your MBA. So I know you got family mm-hmm. at home while you're trying to do it all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's a, that's, that's a, that's a great piece of advice. Um, now the reason I asked that something you do differently, which is usually the second question is because I know we want to talk about niche. Mm-hmm. You said something really cool. Um, when we, uh, when we got acquainted last week. You said, I'm not an advisor for professional women or newly single women. You said, I'm the advisor mm-hmm. for professional. So I want, you know, I want to expand on that. Um, of course, there's other advisors that serve, you know, that serve that industry. Maybe, maybe not too many right in your backyard or serve that niche, I should say, not industry. Nah. Um, maybe not right in your backyard, mm-hmm. Pamela, but certainly, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a fairly, um, you know, popular, I would say target, mm-hmm. um, yeah. what, make, what makes you the advisor versus an advisor? Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't want to sound arrogant when I say that, Good. but no, yeah, but when you, when you become the advisor is that you know, your audience, you know, what their, their, um, concerns are, you know, what their worries are. Uh, so you see my kind of my background here is all about swans. And so you go to my website, uh, I call it SWAN Success, and, and SWAN stands for uh, Sleep Well at Night, uh, but it's also an acronym, which means transforming uh, what I call ugly duckling financial situations into to beautiful financial swans. And oh. so what I found out, Charles, earlier when I made the transition from becoming independent, because, you know, when you're fairly captive, you take everybody because you have to, you grow in your practice. Uh, but then when you come independent, it's like, this is where I want to build it and, you know, get back to where my mission originally was, was really to help women single by choice, divorced and widowed. Um, so I was able to to do that. And so as you're speaking to them, you understand what their concerns are, um, what they're uh, focused in on with their finances. And earlier on, what I saw, it was mostly email messages that I would come back to the office in the morning. And the timestamps were 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, which meant they're obviously up at night, not worried about their finances. So that's kind of why I wanted to to be the advisor to help them sleep well at night, knowing that we're working together as a team, as a partnership to get them to their goals. And then really knowing what they what their concerns are and then looking forward, uh, anticipating what their life is going to be like. So if it's a young family, you know, at some point they may get remarried, then that comes into play. Or if they have children, you know, as they age, if they remain single, what's that's going to look like in retirement and then on to legacy planning, what's that going to look like from a long-term care standpoint, who's going to care for them. So all of these things I need to know and introduce those, um, those areas and then be there as the advisor to give them advice on an ongoing basis for those particular areas that, that they need, uh, to focus in on. That is, that is, that is so awesome. And I, I, I'm going to share a story real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a huge advocate of, of knowing your niche and owning your niche. And I think um, that it's, it's, 
it it seems it's difficult for a lot of people because it means you're you know you're removing a large mm-hmm. portion of the population right and and sometimes those are clients that don't fit that mm-hmm. it's okay it's okay to have a niche and have clients that don't fit that niche you got to communicate with those clients when they see your website and it's focused on somebody other than them mm-hmm. so i will tell you pamela i i've i've i started social advisors in 2013 Okay. Self-funded. We did not have a large savings account. It was basically asking my wife to give me 60 days permission. And <laughs> if it didn't work like I thought it would work, we would I would go get a job. Don't worry about, it. you know, I mean, I'll take care of the family. Yep. Um, so it worked out okay. We're nine years, you know, nine years later, we're still, I uh, haven't had to go find that job yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's worked out okay. But I'll tell you, as a self-funded business in the beginning, our whole objective was financial services. Mm-hmm. But then the neighbor has a restaurant and can you do something? <laughs> and then, you know, his buddy's got a bar. Can you help us out with some kind? And my friend's got a car dealership. And, you know, so all of a sudden you've got dozens of clients. They're all different, mm-hmm. which means it really takes more energy to serve them. Because when yes. you've similar needs, you know, you can, you can, you can certainly be more efficient with, with, uh, with what you're providing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't until 2018 five years later, that we got really focused again. And I don't know if you had the same experience, but it was such a huge difference for our business. Efficiency, it costs less to run the business, our brand built uh, with a specific audience instead of being saturated with everybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if you yeah. had similar experience that it really was a, you know, propelled our business uh, quite a bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Because then, like you said, you you are speaking to to that audience. Uh, so my branding, uh, all of my social media, everything is targeted to that group. And not to say, you know, I still have uh, some guys in my practice, and I've recently taken on another guy who who reached out, uh, him and his wife. So you know, we we work together as well. So it's not, you know. Because I know a lot of times when people go to my website and then he called me, he was like, I saw your website. Can you still work with me? <laughs> Even though I'm not part of your target market. And, you know, I, I, I don't turn anybody away in that as, in that aspect. But like you said, you don't want to be too splattered around. You know, I call it kind of the sniper shot versus the kind of the shotgun approach, because then that way you're you're not speaking to one particular um, audience. So, you know, I do a lot of marketing on on, on LinkedIn and connections that way. So my profile is optimized to to the group, the target market that I have. And so a lot of people, you know, come to me and say, well, how are you so successful on LinkedIn? Because my message is specifically for the professional woman who is in this demographic and the wording and the the exactly. language that I'm using is resonating with them. Exactly. And so that's how people come to you because you're speaking their language. <laughs> Now, you know, if you're listening to this on Spotify or, you know, on on a listening platform, you can't see me applauding Pamela. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I'm applauding Pamela. That's like, like in marketing your practice, anybody who's out there is wondering about marketing, like listen to Pamela's advice. It is so good. Um, So kudos. So I saved that as the good. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to let you choose anything else, Pamela. I was going to, I was going to pigeonhole you right into choosing that niche as your good. So Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about, uh, about the goals for Jackson Sam's as, as uh, adding clients, of course, expanding your team at all. If we have listeners that, you know, maybe your message resonates um, if they'd Mm want to reach out to you. Is that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Continuing to grow my practice through, uh, uh, 
acquiring clients and uh, a lot of it's by referral. Now I'd still do a lot of speaking. So I do like to, to go out and talk to people about um, the benefits of financial planning and financial wellness for women. So I do a lot of speaking there. I am adding on a, a junior advisor fairly soon, probably within the next few months. And um, recently at a conference, so people had talked to me about maybe succession planning or acquiring practices. So I'm exploring uh, yeah, a variety of different cool. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. And and uh, if we've got any listeners that uh, that want to reach out, is that okay? If they do, would you be a, would you be a resource to them? Oh yes, Wonderful. definitely. Wonderful. I, I I'm always uh, willing to to talk to people. I have several mentees right now that well, uh, that I bring that up. Yeah, yeah that I am mentoring uh, female advisors. Um, it's not a lot of us in in this industry. Yeah. Uh, contrary to popular belief, it's probably about thirteen percent. Yeah. Uh, and financial services that are, are women. So it has always been my passion uh, to help women with their finances, but also mentor other female advisors in the industry. Wonderful. And this gives me an opportunity for maybe to plug with you. I don't even think we chatted about this mm-hmm. an opportunity to uh, give kudos to my friend, Cheryl Hickerson at Females yes. in Finance. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know Cheryl, but Cheryl's, I do know Cheryl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cheryl's a buddy. She's awesome. So she was on a webinar with us a couple of months ago. So I always love to promote that organization. Oh, yes. So, He's doing a great job, really bringing a community together. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's very cool. So, Pamela, what what is the uh, uh, what is the best way for someone to reach you? Yes, uh, so they can go to my website. It's uh, jacksonsams.com. Uh, so you see it on my on my little graphic there. So jacksonsams.com is the best way uh, to do it. And but I'm also on social media uh, at Jackson Sam's Wealth on Facebook and Instagram. And if anybody's still on Twitter. Hopefully, <laughs> Jackson, Jackson Sam's WS because they limit those characters. So uh, that's uh, Jackson Sam's WS on Twitter and then at Jackson Sam's Wealth on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. And I know that you're you're very active on LinkedIn. That's how we and I am it. very active on LinkedIn. So, yes, you yeah. can definitely reach me there to um, yeah. Pamela Sam's. Um, yeah, Pamela J. Sam's, I believe it's on LinkedIn. Uh, but yes, and I, I post uh, a lot of good content. Um, as well. Um, I do have several conferences that I am speaking at that are coming up for people who are in the industry. So if you're uh, in the Chicago area, I'm speaking at the uh, Retirement Income Summit in April. All right. And then if you're in D.C., I also have the uh, Women in Technology Summit that I'll be talking about some emerging technology in the wealth management space as well. Very very cool. Now, Pamela, I got to ask you before I let you go. (laughs) You mentioned a couple of those mentees yes. with with I won't I won't bring any names or any firms into it, <laughs> but with large firms who do not have the flexibility that you have. Mm-hmm. So how, do, how does that go when you know that they're in a position where they're a little bit limited in the service they can provide? Yeah. Um, is that frustrating for you? It is. You know, <laughs> I try to work within the framework that they, that they have uh, some. Um, a few of them are independent, so they're really just who have came from a captive situation. So definitely uh, kind of your target audience as well. Um, you know, one particularly uh, came from Edward Jones. And so that was a, a little bit of tricky because then, again, a kid in a candy store and not knowing or getting the proper direction uh, as well, uh, being independent, because a lot of it's done there. And the I think the philosophy is a lot different as well from that particular firm on how you market yourself. Uh, So it was a whole different kind of mindset shift (laughs) that you have to go through going independent. 
Uh, but I, I try to work with people in the framework that they have, uh, yeah. because if you're growing a practice and you're growing a practice is really just how do you uh, work within the means that you have. And then eventually, you know, maybe exploring uh, becoming independent down the road. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the evolution of it, right? <laughs> I mean, everybody's on a path. Um, it's the it's the departure from those firms that are so difficult. You know, yes, the kid in the candy store, but oh, you still got to worry about what that exactly. You know, yeah. what that movement looks like too. So <laughs> Pamela, you've been an awesome guest. I want to thank you thank so you. much again for taking time today to speak with us. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Once again, Charles, it's always a pleasure to to speak with other other fellow advisors. Really, uh, we're out here doing doing our thing and trying to grow our practice one one client at a time. Uh, but sometimes it, it we're looking like we're in a silo sometimes, especially if people are, are solo practitioners. And um, I like going to industry conferences because you get a lot of good ideas and, you know, platforms like this, you can also get a lot of good ideas and, um, you know, build a network of people who can help. That's right. That's awesome. Great advice, Pamela. You just keep giving it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so on behalf of Pamela Sams and her firm, Jackson Sams in, in Metro DC, mm-hmm. um, check her out at jacksonsams.com. And uh, if you got any questions for Pamela, I've only known her a little time, but I can tell she's awesome. And uh, I love the advice has been wonderful. So if you've got any questions for Pamela, be sure to reach out to her. And on behalf of Pamela Sams and myself, Charlie Van Durven, thank you for tuning in to another episode of RIA Collective. Now, we don't have huge budgets because we actually haven't really worried about soliciting sponsorship or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we would love for you to help us reach more people. If you give us a review, share us on your favorite listening platform, and of course, just tell others about us if you think they could use the advice, please do. Pamela, once again, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of RIA Collective. Yes, thank you very much, Charles. You've just listened to another episode of RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Durven. For more information, visit riacollective.com. Now, have a great day.